Hello and welcome to Horror Court Trash Over, the show that discusses all the masterpieces and trash to pieces and trash to pieces and trash to pieces and trash to pieces of genre cinema. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. <laughs> and I, I just need to start this episode with some terrible news. This will be our last podcast episode. <laughs> Because I don't think I could physically or mentally cope with any more of these shit conjuring rip-offs. Oh, my God. The good news is, Chris is lying. This is not our last podcast episode. (laughs) Um, uh, The bad news is, yeah, we did just watch two horrific films. Um, Yeah, so we brought you a good film last week. We're back with this shit. Uh, you may recall, back on episode 54, go and to it if you haven't already, uh, we discussed two rip-offs of The Conjuring, uh, which I, which we, you know, we borrowed the idea from a guy who did it on YouTube, we did credit him in that episode, uh, please forgive me, I cannot remember his name right now, but it, you know, he thought up this idea, it was a great idea, um, and that episode was a lot of fun to record, and we watched American Conjuring and Mandy the Doll. Uh, the first time around, they're funny. They're more, yeah, yeah, there was there was some humour to, to be found in them. Um, you know, for anyone who's not familiar, The Conjuring is uh, a big uh, horror movie franchise that's currently ongoing. The latest one uh, will be released in UK cinemas tomorrow. Uh, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, the main films in the franchise are really good. Uh, Annabelle films are good, and then you get stuff like The Nun and The Curse of La Llorona, where they're really just cashing in and releasing shit. Speaking of cashing in and releasing shit, with big franchises come rip-offs. And following on from our first Conjuring Up Some Trash episode, we bring you Conjuring the Witch's Doll and Curse of the Nun. Not a bit of subtlety to be found. No, no. This is very obviously uh, a quick cash grab. I'm hoping that people would get maybe a little bit confused and end up buying these films instead of The Nun or The Conjuring. Yeah, because like American Conjuring and like Mandy the Doll, these films actually have absolutely fuck all to do with The Conjuring. Yeah. Then They're not rip-offs. Uh, within content, their rip-offs within name and artwork. Yeah, yeah, ex- exactly. They're the kind of films that hope some granny out there buys the DVD for some unexpe- uh, unsuspecting teenager for Christmas. Yes, and um, what a horrible Christmas gift this would be. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like um, it, Pacific Rim is the actual film, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and then there's the rip-off, which is Atlantic Rim, which yeah. always, cra- always cracks me At up. least that has the decency to be released by the Asylum. <laughs> yeah. This isn't even released by the Asylum. I, you know, I've said it time and time again on here, but I'll say it again just so everyone knows I'm not an arsehole. Uh, you know, we support indie filmmakers, we support low-budget filmmaking, we would never put anyone down for making a film. You get at least half a star from me just for the effort. But fuck me, I do not know what these people were thinking. No. Like, yeah, let's just get into it. Yeah. So, Conjuring the Witch's Doll, a.k.a. Curse of the Witch's Doll, a.k.a. The Witch's Doll. Released in 2018, uh, so I believe this would have been the same 2018. year. 2018? Yeah. So this would yeah. have been, if I'm right, off the top of my head, the same year as The Nun. 
Was it the Nun 2018? I think so. Uh, and then the next one was 2019, so that would have been probably Curse of La Llorona or... Uh, no, and Annabelle Comes Home, they're released around the same time. Um, yeah, directed by Lawrence Fowler, who has made Jack in the Box uh, and a, a TV show, I think, called Made in Wales. Um, Made in Wales? Yeah. Never heard of it. Unknown budget. Uh, both of these have box office um, numbers, though, which is weird. Apparently, this made $49,691. I kind of feel like they're lying. Am I assuming that's DVD sales? It could be. Absolutely it could no be. way these are getting yeah, straight, Of course, they're straight to DVD. Absolutely yeah. no way. Um, small bit of trivia. <laughs> Although nameless in the film, the witch's doll was often referred to on set as Cece by crew member Ruby Rollins. The name was soon adopted by the rest of the cast and crew. Oh, very good. Um, the sixth collaboration of Lawrence Fowler and Dave Ware, the pair met while studying at the University of South Wales in 2009. Oof. Great trivia. Lovely. Between July 2017 and January 2018, the movie's trailer was viewed over three million times across all platforms. Accidentally. <laughs> The first feature film written uh, written and directed by Lawrence Fowler. And that is all the trivia you're going to get for this episode, because who gives a shit? Um, so after a series of inexplicable events, Adeline Gray... Adeline? Adeline. Adeline Gray believes a haunted doll possesses the soul of a vengeful witch. To have any hope of being returned... Uh, returned? Reunited with her missing daughter, she knows she must defeat the evil curse of the witch's doll. Um, no. No. No, that's not, no. That's not what the fifth film was about. This film, if I'm going to say anything nice about it, and this is still a backhanded compliment, it's uh, it's ambitious. It, it wants to be something <laughs> serious and important and ends up being a bag of dog shit. Yeah. Shoot for the moon and you may end up in the toilet. <sighs> Round the back of McDonald's. <laughs> um, so, we start in England, 1660. And <laughs> we're immediately shown the doll, uh, the, the so-called witch's doll, CC. Um, Chris, could you describe what this doll looks like, please? Okay, it looks <laughs> like a bag of shit. <laughs> um, it kind of, it kind of looks like they've taken, like a general doll, you know, with black hair, and then gone like, well, how can we make this scary? Well, have you seen that trilogy of terror with Karen Black? Yeah. The doll in that has like a big face, big eyes, big big teeth and such. So like, well, we'll add that to it, <laughs> but it just ends up looking comical. Yeah, because. Looks fucking stupid. Who who genuinely thought someone on set genuinely thought this doll looked fucking scary? Like, how did they not burst out laughing as soon as they saw it? It just it looks, it just looks really stupid. And I'm sure we'll put a photo up on. Oh yeah. Uh, social media. It's hard to describe because it just it just looks like a doll, but goofy. Yeah. So because it looks goofy, it doesn't have that stare that dolls... So mm. do dolls in horror movies actually look like dolls. Yeah. 
but there's a, a something to do with the eyes. I find well, this one's eyes are bulging, yeah, and uh, and they CGI it at multiple points to make its eyes move, and it just makes it look even fucking worse. Yeah. So someone's telling the doll she'll never forget or forgive, and that she will uh, live on forever. Uh, and then the doll's head does a turn. The the issue the issue is, and it is it is a really fucking big issue. This doll, it was because you're basing all your horror around this doll. Yeah. It doesn't matter how seriously you take the rest of the film, if your doll looks stupid, your film becomes stupid. Yeah. No matter what happens, how great the rest of it is, and you know it's not great, but it doesn't matter how great the rest of it is if your doll looks stupid you lose so much credibility that's true is the doll even featured in the artwork uh, yeah the one i posted on social media is the it does include it and um, but then there's another poster for curse of the witch's doll mm. where they've swapped it and made it look like a different doll uh, yeah. to trick people into watching it yeah we get some shit opening credits with a very generic soundtrack, and then we're taken to England, nineteen forty-two. Uh, <laughs> continuing the Conjuring ripoff universe's tradition of bad acting, we're introduced to Chloe and her mum Adeline. Yeah. Go for a stroll with suitcases to their new home. I mean, yeah, it's the whole Conjuring being set in the past, so taking a a historical time period. I'm basing it around that. Oh, well, this film gives you free time periods. It does. Um, but the whole 19... The problem is, you're telling us it's set in 1942, but you're only showing us the woods and one building. <laughs> and so really, what does it really matter? And then the, the outfits, you know. The yeah, outfits. They kind of fit into the time they period. They look like someone being a hip... Someone dressed as a hipster. Especially yeah. Adeline. Because she's got the whole pin-up... Ad- whatever the f- No, Adeline. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, um, she's got like the whole fucking pin-up girl hair. Um, yeah. You know, she's dressed like someone trying to dress like they're in the 1940s. And it's, it's embarrassing to look at. Um, I mean, Chloe looks like a ghost straight away. And... And all she does, she's like, oh, mum, I want to fucking go home. I've had enough I have. I want to go home, mum. Um, and her mum's like, shut the fuck up. We're going to this new house. Um, so they're in the woods, and this old fella comes along, and it turns... I don't know his name. Never Arthur. His name. I don't give a shit. Arthur. <laughs> Arthur Arpa. Like, what a shit fucking name. Arthur Arpa. <laughs> so he turns up, and he's he said, I've got, got your letter. Or, or whatever. Oh, uh, by the way, we're not just putting on the Cockney accents. This is actually very British. Yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah, no, it's a British film. It's a film. British film. Um, so he's like, oh, you know, I've got your place for you to live. And uh, is it Adeline or Adelaide? Whatever. Adeline. 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 She says... I've had enough. She actually says the words... <laughs> out of line. Um, she actually says the words, our home was bombed three days ago. It's no place for a child. <laughs> Oh, street in Kent was bombed three days ago. <laughs> no place for a child. No fucking shit, Sherlock. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Seriously, somebody fucking wrote that. My house was bombed three days ago. No place for a child. <laughs> Go 
course fucking not. But then Arthur's like, oh yeah, so I'll be taking you to this manor down the road. And Adeline is like, are you fucking kidding me, you piece of Absolutely shit? Absolutely fuming. Staying at a manor? Fucking manor. I'm homeless, but you know, I should be taking whatever I get, but a fucking manor. So they end up in this manner. Which is secluded. 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 No one knows it exists. We're told this right now. No one knows it exists. It's secluded manner. Um, They get there and this shit looking doll staring (laughs) out the window. And it's the most stereotypical haunted house you'll ever see. in, In a sense, but kind of also not. Because it's, she goes in and she says, it's so vast. So cold. <laughs> She's absolutely fuming. She thinks it's an absolute shithole. It looks like crap. And it actually doesn't look that bad. No, it looks very modern. But the first shot that they show, and it's quite comical really, the timing. Because they're like, he's like, oh yeah, it's a lovely house. Yeah, you'll love it. It's fucking grand. But then it cuts straight away with the music changing as well. to so this really dingy shot of the house. Yeah. Where it looks really haunted. Yeah. <laughs> But then, yeah, but then that's but like then it looks the completely it, it modern. But the thing is, it doesn't, it doesn't even look that dirty. No. It doesn't look, you know, that crappy. No. Um, you know, you're thinking it's going to be great expectations, but it's... Yeah. Oh, it's just a big house. But just, it, and she's just like, I, I ain't fucking having this. She's having it. So this is, this is fucking disgusting. You wouldn't have a fucking tramp living here, would you? And he's like, oh, come on, there's nowhere else to go. She's like, okay. I was like, oh, all right then, fucking hell. Well, Arthur says that his dad didn't manage to finish the manor. We don't see any of this. It all gets <laughs> finished to me. And uh, he's opened it up to them because of its history. Yeah. Apparently she sent a letter um, asking for somewhere to live. This has all happened in three days, apparently. <laughs> um, so she's been quite poor. I don't know where she stayed for the last th- two nights. Um, but apparently all this has come in, into place in three days. Um, she tries to open a door to the mysterious East Wing. <laughs> um, he, Arthur says, oh no, you can't go in there. No, he says... I haven't got the key. He says, it's locked. <laughs> She's like, why, you got a dozen fucking keys in your pocket? Why don't you want them fucking open it? He's like, nah, nah, mate. Not, not happening. Not happening. It's cold, Mum. <laughs> he's like, oh, don't give me any money for staying here. It's all right. Yeah. It's like, you stay here free of charge, love. So, you get, what's what's the name? The Chloe. Kid, whatever her fucking name is. The brat. She's a fucking brat. She's like, I'm cold, Mum. And she's been put to bed. <laughs> to which Adeline just says, it's okay. They can't hurt us here. <laughs> I think we should talk about the Nazis. Um, (laughs) and then she like apologizes to her she says oh how can I make this up to you and I'm like okay so Adeline she's a bit annoying she's a bit annoying throughout the film but it's not her fault her house got bombed (laughs) it's Hitler's fault so surely Hitler's to blame and she shouldn't be apologizing on behalf of a Nazi (laughs) like her house got bombed too well Chloe's fucking fuming and uh, she says she's missing someone so much. And then we get this exact dialogue exchange, word for word. She's like, don't say it. That, that's Chloe. Like, and then Adeline's like, say what? She's like, don't say it. And he's like, someday we'll all be reunited. Like, I can't believe you fucking said it. She's like, daddy's not coming home. And he's like, yes, he is. He's, like, he's never coming home, you bitch. 
and then that's it. We are paraphrasing for effect. <laughs> they don't actually swear at each other like this. Uh, and then we get tapping noises and the window smashes. Yeah, so, yeah. So Adeline's trying to nod off. Also, I'm not sure where they've got all these clothes and stuff from. I mean, they've got to change of clothes <coughs> oh, to see that bitch in. has a fucking change of outfit every fucking scene. I mean, her house has just been bombed, but okay. <laughs> so, she goes to investigate the strange noise with an oil lamp. Yeah, and Chris, how are they filming this? What style are they going for? Ooh, they're doing that really sexy um, day for night. Just like the Everconjure rip-offs. No, just like the other conjuring rip-offs. I'm glad, I'm glad they're consistent. So she goes to investigate with an oil lamp. And she... I, I mean, when I say investigate, I mean, it's a fucking thorough investigate. It takes ages. <laughs> she gets to one room and she's like, what am I doing? And just goes back to bed. And then we cut to the next day. It's like... A window smashed. In you the middle, window <laughs> smashed. In the middle of this, we're meant to think someone walked past the camera for a jump scare. Oh, but God, yeah. instead of actually having someone <clears throat> walk past the camera, I don't know what fuck it, how much more time it would have taken. I like, could have just had someone walk past. Yeah. You know, someone from the crew. Instead of doing that, they just completely cut the film out. Yeah. For a second. Yeah. The screen just goes blank. So, Adeline, uh, the next day, Adeline and Arthur have a heart-to-heart about her husband. She questions him. It's a bit of a Q&A session. In the wrong order. So, she says, do you get lonely out here? Are you married? Surely it should be the other way around. I mean, why are you asking if someone's lonely before you know if they're married or not? Um, But, yeah, he says that he's a widower. And they talk absolute bollocks about loss. <laughs> well, she and tells him people. She tells him her and her uh, her husband they were uh, trying for a child before he left for the war, uh, and he says that his wife lived more in thirty years than many people do in a century. And yeah, the rest is just dental. And that was it. Yeah, just like, oh, when you lose someone, they never really leave you. Yeah. Um. So Adeline goes back to the manor. Chloe's uh, in bed still. No, she's not, though. Where well, is she? Oh, no, no she's not. She's actually actually this not. is when she's fucking colouring, Ad- Adeline's it? like, it's time to get up. It's time to get up. <laughs> um, but Chloe's already up and dressed, and she's writing shit at a desk. Um, we hear a plate smash, and uh, Chloe looks up, and hears a sinister laugh. Um, the, do- the dolls appears as Adeline's there. And Chloe's like, don't touch her. Don't touch her. <laughs> she can't tell her where the dog came from, though. Yeah. And uh, Adeline's like, she's not alive. <laughs> yeah, she's like, yeah, this is, this is bullshit. The dog's not alive. And then the dog goes for a walk. And an ongoing theme in both this film and the next film. Adeline blames Chloe for this, even though she never took her eyes off Chloe once yeah, yeah. whilst the fucking doll moved. Yeah. And it's like, oh, we're just seeing things because we need more sleep. I know, yeah. We see things when we need more sleep. So Adeline gets into bed with Chloe for some reason that <laughs> evening. Um, is that going to help her get more sleep? <laughs> she hears some creaking and muttering. And then we get a lovely shit CGI jump scare. Of <laughs> the doll with his big fucking white eyes. Yeah. And then that's it. And then <laughs> the next day, Adeline pe- pat and pecks. <laughs> She packs for them to leave. 
Um, and Arthur's questioning her, well, why are you leaving? She says, I can't begin to explain. <laughs> Bitch, we've just fucking watched. She's like, nah, Arthur. So like, get that fire exit door, I'm off. Oh, there's a ghost in here. <laughs> I swear I saw a ghost. That's fucking scary. It actually and... wouldn't be that difficult to explain, but she decides not to. Well, she tells him they're not safe, and then... He's like, well, you are safe. And she's like, okay, I will stay. Yeah, he's like, like, what the fuck? He's like, you're in no danger here. So, all right, then. Oh, okay, then. Cool. So, what they, they decide they, to do is well, play hide... They, oh. They turn really pale to the point where it looks like it's in black and white. No, it does it every so often. But that's because awful. Because it's, it's set during World War Two. every so often, it will just go black and white for no yeah, but reason. You do know it wasn't meant to be black and white. I know it wasn't meant to be black and white. That's just terrible fucking filmmaking. Carry on. No, no, yeah, no. No, it's a choice they made. I swear it's a is choice it? they made. In I don't the think past. it is. Do you not? Because you can still see a little bit of colour, but it just makes the faces look really pale. Like Schindler's List. Yeah. Anyway, they decide to play hide and seek in the woods. Uh, the mum is quite reluctant, <laughs> actually, considering she actually suggested it earlier in the film. Um, they could go hide and seek, play hide and seek in the woods. She's actually quite reluctant. Um, she, she plays anyway. So Chloe goes and hides. Adeline does the absolute bare minimum search <laughs> and then goes, okay, you can come out now. And Chloe comes out. <laughs> but she pushes her but over. She pushes her over. Practically calls her an old bitch and then they start playing again. Yeah, she's not fuming at all, is she? No. That she's not only is she she'd come out, but she's pushed her on a flat on her fucking face. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they decide to play another round of um head and shoulders. Uh, hide and <laughs> seek. Um so yeah, um the second round of hide and seek, Chloe screams and then can't be found. <laughs> but a ghost is laughing at him the entire time. Yeah. So that's that. She goes, disappears, and then we cut to Sergeant Nolan at the manor. Um, to which Adeline, she's a bit off with him, and she says, I've searched the manor seven times over. She went missing in the woods. Like, Why are you searching the manor seven times? <laughs> if you're having a go at him because he wants to search the manor, then why are you telling him that you've searched the manor seven times? When, bitch, you ain't searched the woods seven <laughs> times, have you? Well, she's been missing for five hours, and Detective Nolan has five men out there looking for her. Obviously, we don't see these five men because budget. Um, and then he tells her to get some rest, because they only have 30 minutes of daylight left now anyways. <laughs> yeah, so she decides not to get any rest, and decides to search the woods in the dark with her little oil lamp. Oh, the amount of times she turns this stupid fucking oil lamp on now for the rest of the film is ridiculous. Um, so, I've just gotten written down here, she has your daughter. Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Who has my daughter? Tell me. <laughs> the witch has her now. the next day <laughs> and the police now have someone in for questioning which I don't understand um what is it being questioned about who is this person this place is meant to be secluded um Adeline tells the police officer 
promise me you won't rest until you find her. He won't promise her. <laughs> Arthur says something to the police officer. Nolan. Nolan. Who? Nolan does. Oh. Oh, is that Arthur with him? Oh, I don't fucking I know. thought yeah, that was Arthur. His... Oh, okay, I didn't recognise him. Okay, yeah. So she says, what did you say to him? So this is completely pointless, because he could have just said it. Yeah, but when they're whispering, we... do you know how we know them were whispering? The audio cuts out completely. <laughs> you can't hear another thing. Like, thanks, is that how whispering works? Apparently what Arthur said to him is, don't waste any more time. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, they're not gonna, we're not going to bother looking for her anymore. Not till every door in the neighbourhood. No one wants the house. What's the point of us looking? Yeah. Okay, what fucking neighbourhood? Yeah. You told her it's secluded and no one knows it exists. There's no one in the village wants to help. Anyway, <laughs> Adeline goes for a leisurely stroll in the woods and finds Chloe. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Chloe shows up. She giggles at her and runs back inside. She then appears in the uh, top floor window. Yeah, doing some classic ghost stuff. Classic ghost stuff. And then Adeline goes searching (laughs) through the manor with the lamp. Even though it was bright outside. (laughs) Um, No, it was night time, Chris. No, it wasn't. It was bright. You meant to think it's night time. No, they didn't even put the blue thing on. (laughs) They forgot to put it on. Uh, Anyway, so Adeline finds a note... Uh, which I have here because I really could not be fucking bothered to write this down. Gary has typed her. <laughs> yeah, it says, even as I write this, I feel her watching. I hear her breathing. But how is this possible? Inside there is a face so dark, so vengeful. I simply cannot escape. I'm so lost. I don't know what is real anymore. Lots of love, Mary. <laughs> it's like, the thing is, okay, great. I had no problem writing that down, but then she went for about fucking ten different notes of whoever fucking Mary is just writing down shit. So I didn't realise this until the next scene, but she's actually in the East Wing where she's found these notes. Mm -hmm. Um, So Arthur appears and says, what are you doing in there? You know, how have you gotten into the um, East Wing? He says it's impossible that Chloe would be there. I'm like, well, she got in all right. Why wouldn't Chloe be in there? Well, no, she said to she, oh, 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 yeah, I followed Chloe into the house. And he's like, that's not possible. Like, well, I mean, it is. She's still missing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he, he pretty much tells her that he thinks Chloe's dead anyway. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, oh, who wrote these fucking notes? And even though they're signed by someone called Mary... Uh, and then he Arthur gives her all the exposition yeah, she needs. who wrote these? <laughs> it was Mary. Oh, okay. <laughs> and he gives her some exposition. Uh, it says all the stories on the notes are lies and uh, calls her a fucking idiot for believing in the supernatural. Yeah, yeah he does. Um, Mary Thomas lost her husband and waited for years for him to return. So uh, Arthur let her stay there before she was sent to a psychiatric institution. Uh, and then Adeline wants to know if Arthur has any children. Yeah, I've got them written down. Just talking shit about shit. I don't even yeah. care. She gives a very inspiring speech though about doing whatever she can to get Chloe back. And Arthur says, when we die, we go up to heaven, not in dolls. <laughs> and Adeline says, evil could take hold of anything. And Arthur's like, oh shit, yeah, do whatever's necessary. But what the fuck are you talking about? What the fuck are you talking about? Just talking so much shit. And then in a <laughs> bizarre series of... 
Bizarre choice, choice of events. <laughs> yeah. We have day five missing come up on the screen. The background's just some clouds. It's just some clouds. Just some clouds. Then we get day six missing. And it's the police at the manor investigating the grounds. Very briefly. Then we get day seven missing. And uh, it's old Adelaine investigating with the oil lamp again. <laughs> what was the fucking point? Of what? Missing, day five missing, day six missing. Yeah. What was the fucking point? <laughs> what was that about? Yeah, just just randomly thrown in just, there. Yeah, and absolutely pointless. Especially with the, with the twist coming up as well. It's, it didn't need to be in there. Completely pointless. Adeline's still walking around the house with that fucking lantern. Um, a demon tries to strangle her. The doll appears. Uh, its eyes turn white and it laughs at her for a bit. In a bizarre series of events, Adeline magically transforms... Uh, no, she, she, she um, travels inside a photograph. Yes. Now, um, this is black and white by this choice. This is black and white by choice. She travels inside a photograph... And with her, Chloe, and her missing husband, um, she notices a hand, Chloe screams, and then she's back outside of the photo. Completely pointless. Completely pointless. Um, Adeline attempts to write a few letters to her missing husband, uh, which Chloe shows up and she thinks is fucking hilarious. She starts laughing at her. Yeah. Chloe and the doll... <laughs> Chloe and the doll's standing now with their backs to Adeline, and... Uh, Chloe now has a strange accent. <laughs> she does. And she's like, oh, come play with me. <laughs> That's fucking Mario. What was that? Uh, <laughs> it's me, Chloe. Can you do the accent? No, I can't. Come play with me. Come closer. That's still Mario. Um, Chloe then turns around and looks like <laughs> someone's attacked her with fucking crayons. Come play with me. She, she looks like someone's attacked her with crayons now. Um, she does. The yeah. new Chloe voice taunts Adeline for a bit and wants to know how far she'll go to see her again. And we find out it's the witch who's got some wonderful Poundland makeup on. Yes. Um, and she tells Adeline to look at her, but she doesn't want to. Uh, then Adeline grows some balls. She's like, tell me where the fuck my daughter is, you bitch. Um, the witch tells her she's not ready to know and then runs at her. Yeah. But then Arthur finds her passed out, doesn't he? Does he? Yeah. Sorry, were you awake at this point? I, I, I did nod off a little bit during this film. <laughs> he wants to know what happened, and he's like, it's all right, tell me, I'll believe you. Well, you changed your fucking tune quickly. Adeline's like, oh, yeah, I saw the witch. And uh, he gives her a leather wallet of notes that he wrote about Mary being a witch. So Mary shows up, and Adeline's like, I ain't going away, bitch. And the witch is like, neither am I. <laughs> that was Wario. <laughs> um, where are we? My this is where she shows, she shows, she shows Adeline, she's like, oh yeah, look, Chloe's over there. Um, and she's like, are you ready to know the truth yet? And Mary shows Adeline a vision of Chloe dying uh, when their old place got bombed. Like, you um, killed her. I woke up for this part. <laughs> <laughs> you killed her, Mary. So Adeline stabs the uh, stabs Mary, uh, and then 
Mary laughs for a bit and disappears. So, in a bizarre twist of events... Oh, God. Where the film really thinks it's way more clever than it actually is... Can I just, <coughs> before we start, can I just say how awful that CGI plane dropping a bomb on the house was? <laughs> it looked terrible. Yeah. It was given Birdemic. It was. Um, yeah. So, Arthur's comforting Adeline... And she's now in the Psychiatric Institute, and her name is, surprise, surprise, Mary. <gasps> Arthur is now a doctor. <gasps> Apparently, she's been there two years under his supervision. He's pleased to finally be speaking to Mary herself. He explains that Chloe did die in the bombing two years prior. Thank God. And, um, essentially, oh, he goes into fucking Freudian shit. Um, but apparently, you know, Mary couldn't cope, so she created this Adelaide character in her head. But the her real life kept creeping through, which is why in her um, fantasy world, Chloe went missing, because it was part of her real life coming through. Yeah. Yes, so she essentially made the whole thing up in her head to deal with the death of her daughter. Yeah, then we get the... (laughs) Sorry, I forgot I wrote this down. I've got, you'd think she would have imagined a better daughter. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, we get flashbacks to Adeline talking to herself, which she thought she was talking to Chloe, of course. Um... Dr. Arthur talks shit about learning to let go for fucking ages. Oh, don't. So many scenes from this point onwards go on for so long. Dr. Arthur shows her around the institution, which is actually the shithole of a manor that she hated so yes. much. So she's finally allowed in the East Wing. Yeah. And she's also allowed outside. So the East Wing is... Um, for the general patients, isn't it? Yeah. Also, this does not exclude all the dumb shit from before. Because if uh, Detective Nolan and Arthur were trying to convince her that, you know, everything that was happening to her was real, they did a fucking terrible job of it. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, no, um, I'm Arthur. I just told the police officer not to do his job. And he was like, oh, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, she's going to fucking believe that, isn't she? (laughs) So... She turns into Adeline again, and her husband James is with her, and they're both with Chloe. Uh, and we get <laughs> the music uh, at this point, I described in my notes as travel agents' advertisement music <laughs> starts playing. The colours are much brighter now, aren't they? Yeah. Dr. Arthur and Nolan, who is now also a doctor, are now watching her from a distance and talking shit about getting through to Mary. Oh my god, they talk so much. And it just sounds like fucking words. Because it goes on for so long. So, Dr. Arthur says that the only way forward is a lobotomy. In Ward C. In Ward C. Um, He... Dr. Nolan um, essentially says, Oh no, you know, I think she's doing really well. She doesn't need a lobotomy. But Dr. Arthur says, No, she has one more night... And if she's not better by tomorrow morning, then she's getting a lobotomy. Uh, in, in a scene which the director clearly thought was going to be a heartbreaker, a big <laughs> tear-jerking yeah. scene that everyone's going to cry at. I mean, I, I was crying, but fucking crying out of boredom. 
Uh, Adeline tells James to look after Chloe and they say their emotional goodbyes. And then Chloe says, Good night, Mummy. And then uh, dis- disappears. Yeah. Um, and then Adeline is Mary again. Um, spoiler alert, soon enough, none of this is going to fucking matter, by the no. way. No. No. Arthur confirms to Nolan that Mary will be going to Ward C. Nolan reveals Arthur sends everyone to Ward C. He's a dodgy doctor. Uh, and lists a bunch of names. And Arthur silences everyone who believes in the witch. Yeah. So it was still a horror film, just to let you know. It was still a horror film. Um, we're still oh. a cheap shit supernatural film. I wrote, oh, for fuck's sake. Apparently he's lobotomizing the patients who are willing to tell the truth about the witch and the haunted <laughs> doll because he thinks it will jeopardize the future of the hospital. He then stabs um, Dr. Nolan, doesn't he? Yeah. We hear some off-screen grave digging or, or some ground being dug. So we assume that he's been buried somewhere. Yeah. Um, and then we've got Dr. Arthur in his office as a red ball rolls down the stairs. Uh, yeah, so uh, the, the original uh, red ball uh, scene. Uh, original? Yeah, there's never been done before, has it? <laughs> he finds the doll at the top of the stairs. Uh, Arthur locks her in a box. Uh, and then <laughs> we're introduced to PC Jones, who is so Badly dubbed, it is unbelievable. I don't know why he's badly dubbed. He's clearly a British actor. He's the most British-looking guy ever, and he's got a British voice. Just fucking record him. What? what I don't get. What was? What's the dubbing? So no, I have no idea. So this. So who's this doctor? No, it's PC Jones. PC Jones. Excuse me. So PC Jones has read the script, <laughs> and no. Oh shit! PC Jones shit, on his way. His way. <laughs> Um, so clearly he's read the script because he's acting as if he definitely knows <laughs> that Dr. Arthur did it and exactly how Dr. Arthur did yeah. it and exactly why Dr. Arthur did it with his line of questioning. But a missing person's case has been opened for Dr. Nolan. Apparently, he hasn't been seen since last Friday, which really fucking confused me. <laughs> Because earlier in the film, we had completely pointless missing five days, mm. missing six days, missing seven days. This is where we could have had a little bit of text telling us, yeah. you know, however many days later. Yeah. He's been missing since last Friday. Oh, shit, I thought this was like the next day. Yeah. You know why? We... <laughs> I don't know. I ain't even going to try and explain it. Yeah, so Nolan's wife um, has been grassing up Arthur, uh, saying that Nolan's been doing long hours, he hates his job because uh, Arthur's a bit dodgy. Um, PC Jones found Nolan's grey jacket. Um, and, yeah. Just, just talking shit again, let's just yeah, be honest. Yeah, just it talking is. shit, he finds it... some sort of note. Um... Yeah, he finds he finds some sort of... Oh, I don't fucking know. Arthur's like, oh, well, I definitely didn't kill anyone, but, um, yeah, if you care about your job, you'll forget about this. But, yeah, you're not that suspicious at all. Yeah, so Dr. Arthur essentially says that he knows the chief constable, so he needs to be careful of his line of questioning. He also tells him to look in the other pocket in the jacket, and he'd find his wedding ring. <laughs> and he insinuates that uh, Dr. Nolan was having an affair which is why he took his 
wedding ring off. And he was having an affair with a woman who was killed during the bombings a couple of days previous. And you're probably not going to find Dr. Nolan's body because he was killed in the same bombing as his mistress. Are you piece this of Jones? This scene takes, and it fucking feels like half an hour, but it takes so long. Well, this is what's annoying. It goes on for ages, but then P.C. Jones is such a shit cop because he's like, ah, oh, of course that's what happened. Yeah. All right, then I'll let you go. Oh, fucking serious? So, in a really bizarre and really shit <laughs> series of events, P.C. Nolan leaves... Oh, whatever is the fucking name. Is it P.C. Nolan? P.C. Yeah. Jones. P.C. Jones. P.C. Jones. And someone's calling out to <laughs> Dr. Arthur. Arthur! 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 Now... The squeakiest voice ever. <laughs> this woman's called Doris. And she is... Awful actress. The worst one. She's the worst one in the film. She's the worst one in the film. (laughs) And she gets like the longest monologue. So she's hearing noises or something. She says, I've heard the sound. Uh, I I heard the sound sound. of a child. (laughs) You're not doing it justice. It's, I heard a sound like a child crying. On the stairs! <laughs> yeah? Okay. I mean, that was more Toadette. <laughs> You're going for all the fucking Super Mario characters. <laughs> um, yeah, so she. Oh, I don't even know. I, 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 really I literally have. Off. I literally have in my notes for fuck's sake, this scene's still going I on. Abs- I switched off. I switched off. She's talking about it was a doll with life behind its eyes. <laughs> A living doll. She kept saying a living doll, which just made me crack up. <laughs> Going to die. <laughs> you know, Cliff Richard's song. Um, she can hear the doll saying threatening words. You're going to die over and over and over. And then she's like, oh, but it's not to me. It's to you, doctor. Yeah, so he leaves Doris in the office. You, you know, know this, 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 this this patient in a you know psychiatric institution he leaves her in his office on her own and goes outside finds the doll on the floor the doll slowly rises in the background and the camera starts to shake like when something good's about to happen in EastEnders <laughs> the doll then turns its head and it cuts to black so Mary Adeline gone yeah that storyline completely gone Nolan's investigation, gone. Fucking Doris and a squeaky voice, gone. And d- d- that's it. Arthur, gone. Yeah. So all of those plot lines they built up, all left unresolved. Yeah. Yeah. There's absolutely no mention of... We're assuming that Mary got the lobotomy. Who knows? But there's no mention of it. I mean, it didn't even tell us how many days later it was. No. But you literally just said goodbye to her family. And then yeah. it was actually a goodbye to all of them. Now, we watched this on YouTube. And I thought, honestly thought, it skipped to another video. Yeah. Because seven to five years later, and then we get some guy called Sam filming for his YouTube channel. All right, guys, don't forget to like and subscribe. Here oh I am God, out here doing some fucking ghost hunting. Uh, this is my girl, Emma. 
Uh, Emma doesn't say shit for about 10 minutes. That's true. Um, and they have gone to an asylum to find ghosts because it's recently been closed. 75 years later. 75 years And this later. dodgy looking psychiatric institute has only just closed down. Yeah, and he's like, um, pe- people have died here. It's been known to be haunted. Yeah, people have died here, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's been open for 400 years. It's 400 yeah. years old. Can you imagine being a patient here? Does not look 400 years old to me. So they go up to the hospital and the girl sees something in the window that we don't see. Yeah. Uh, and then she goes off looking scared into the woods. She tells her boy. I'm assuming it's her boyfriend. Her boyfriend that she saw something move inside the asylum. In one of the, you know, one of the regular occurrences of this film, they sit and talk about it for what feels yes. like an hour. He persuades her to go inside, and when they go inside, for some reason, it's pitch black. Even though. She clearly could see through the window, and it was daytime. Anyway, they find this doll, and then it disappears, and the red ball makes an appearance yeah, again. Yeah, but it set up a camera first, and so Sam gives her a fake jump scare. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah they, do, they do a bit of paranormal activity. They leave a camera running. And the box with the doll in opens and closes on its own. Even though the fucking doll was not in the box when we last saw it, it was doing its head turning thing. But yeah, the red ball makes an appearance. Uh, Emma leaves and Sam goes upstairs. The doll is now sitting on the landing and the camera cuts away while Sam screams. Emma finds him dead with a bit of blood on his head and uh, the doll turns its head to look at Emma and it's the end. Completely pointless ending with two extra characters only for them to get more resolution uh, to their stories uh, than the characters we spent an hour and a half with. Yeah. It really, it just awful. Just, just really, really bad. Um, plot holes the size of the Grand Canyon. Um ridiculous acting let's be fair filmmaking is awful everything about it is fucking terrible who watched this person's film and said yeah fucking release it seriously I mean that's really cruel tell this person they've made a fucking shit show of a film it's it's just so much can be done on a a low budget and like you said it's um, what did you say Everyone deserves half star for at least making a film. Yeah, but you know, you said it was ambitious. Yeah, it's ambitious, yeah. yeah. So Gary says it was ambitious, but sometimes you don't need to be ambitious. No. And you could try and do something. No. You know, the, the, the whole idea of the um, twist, it's, it's, it's an interesting one. Something could have been done with it. That's what I meant by ambitious. Yeah, <laughs> but it just didn't, it just, no. No, it, no. it fails on all counts, I'm sorry. Yep. Yeah, absolutely abysmal. I just, I really just have, I haven't got any anything. For I don't analysis. have anything nice to say about it. But there's nothing. There's nothing no. to analyse. There's no. There's no message there. There's no, you know, great detail in terms of how horror is constructed because it wasn't constructed. No, and an hour and forty minutes. Why the fuck does it need to be an hour and forty minutes? Was it an hour and forty? It was minutes? an hour and forty minutes. Really. Yeah. Jesus. So that brings us to Curse of the Nun. 
released in 2019, directed by Aaron Murtis. 2019? Are you serious? These are pretty recent. Yeah. He also made Clowntergeist, released in 2017, same year as uh, Poltergeist. American Hunt, released the same year The Hunt was originally supposed to be released. What the fuck did you just call me? The Alpha Test and Ouija Craft. Again, unknown budget, but apparently it's made $19,396. I would like... I don't have any trivia, so I'd like to read you uh, some reviews from the artwork. Builds to one hell of a finale, says Creature Feature Corner. Does it? Uh, No. This spooky sister is conjuring up some scares, says Geek Legion of Doom. No, she's not. Genuinely terrifying. Also, Geek Legion of Doom. No, it's not. Geek Legion of Doom. Hun, you need to stop lying to these people. Yeah. <laughs> You're telling them two lies there. Well, you chose this film based solely on Greek Legion of Doom's... Uh, Greek movie. Legion of Doom? Geek Legion of Doom's... <laughs> um, based solely on that review, didn't you? Yeah. So I feel like we've been lied to several times. Um, yeah. A damaged young woman is looking forward to moving... Are we sounded... Am I sounding as fed up as you just sounded then? Yeah. A damaged young woman is looking forward to moving to a beautiful new home, but the spirit of a deranged nun wants her to stay right where she is. This That's film... Accurate. Do you know what pissed me off? What pissed this you reminded off? me so much of a ghost weights. And I fucking hated a ghost weights. And this is basically, yeah, I, I I'm sure the director may have watched this. Uh yeah, it is. It's similar there are in many far ways. too many similarities yeah. from what I like it. Yeah, there are. Much like ghost weights, it doesn't know what tone it wants to stick with, and it, the result is this big fucking tonal disaster. That is shockingly trying to be a comedy. At times, despite dealing with drug addiction and suicide. Well, yeah, the thing is, it it never fully deals with any aspect of the film. Um, And it just makes it just a mishmash of shit. Yeah. Just thrown together and hoping for the best. We start with uh, a guy called KK. Yeah, that's really his name. Eating on his bed whilst calling out to Sister Mary Catherine. Well, he says Sister Mary at first, but it's his Sister Catherine later on in the film. Uh, and well, it's always Sister Mary, something. Okay. Uh, he's recording it all on a Sony tape recorder. And he attempts to do a Ouija board, but the planchette moves on its own. And his ghost meter starts beeping. His ghost meter is a random device with a piece of paper taped to it, saying the ghost meter. The lights go wild and a faceless nun exits the cupboard and tells him to get out. Uh, KK tries to exit the room but ends up back in the same room. Yeah. And then the nun appears again and roughs him up a bit before dragging him under the bed. And then we get a very quick opening credits. And if we, if they, like, it's literally just like title card, director, producer, that's it. Yeah, with very some quick. weird... Opera, religious music, like, oh, oh, oh. and that's the start of the film. Lovely. 
Uh, a girl picks up a pizza, uh, an Avril Lavigne looking girl, much like an American Conjuring. She's absolutely giving me Avril Lavigne. But at least one of these films always has to have an Avril Lavigne ripoff. Um, she picks up a pizza and tries shortchanging the pizza guy by three cents. Um, but she sells the situation by sticking her middle finger up to him and walking away because she's fucking rebellious. Yeah. I, I, that's quite rude, though, really. I mean, it is. It's just, oh, well, I haven't got three cents. Well, well, that's your problem, bitch, you know? Yeah. You know exactly how much it is. So, um, yeah. And she... also, who is... Who her age... Because she's quite young. Who her age in 2019... Is paying cash for pizza. You order it off of Uber Eats or whatnot. Yeah. Uh, her name's Anna. She's moving into a new house with her boyfriend Mike and her daughter Claire. Now, it took a while for us to figure out their relationship. It's her husband, isn't uh, it? It's, uh, excuse me? Her husband. I didn't know that. They both got wedding rings on. Oh my fucking God. Okay. Who the fuck was in charge of casting for this film? She is very young. It's in the fucking plot of the film. Yeah. A very young girl, right? Yeah. She's got a kid... A young woman. Young woman. She's got a kid that looks like she's about five years younger than her. Yeah. And and she's married and moving into a new... She doesn't look a day over fucking 15. Well, she's not only married, but she'd previously been married and divorced. So, yeah, Mike... um, Sugar Daddy Mike, he... uh, he shows her a picture of her sticking the middle finger up. And she's like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. Can we lose it in a move? Why? That's literally what you just did. You look the exact same. She looked exactly the same. She was slightly, ever so slightly more goth in the photo, but pretty much looked exactly the same. And he's like, oh, you'd regret it if we got rid of it. And she's like, oh, maybe you would. What? Well, anyway, she's thinking of de-goffing. <laughs> uh, no nose ring, and she's going to dye her hair blonde. Oh, she wants to know if that's what Mike wants. Yeah, because they're moving to a nicer neighbourhood, mm, aren't they? Yeah. So she'd like to fit in with the Stepford wives. <coughs> yeah, so Lex uh, is trying to call her. Lex is her ex. Oh. And uh, she declines the, the call, so he leaves a very loud voicemail. Uh, and in this voicemail, he reveals that he's Claire's dad. Just so we know. Yeah. Then we go to Anna, who's in Claire's room, and sees a, a shape under the covers. She thinks it's Claire, and hears a giggle, but there's nothing there when she pulls back the covers. Yeah. And Claire enters the room. In, yeah, the first of a few times, Anna turns to Claire, who has just walked in the room. Now, remember now, she's just removed the duvet and looked underneath and seen nothing there. Mm-hmm. Claire has just walked in the fucking room and Anna is like, oh my god, you're so good at hiding. Like, no, she's just walked in behind you. <laughs> Teleporting. There's no. You, you are setting her up to be such a dumb bitch. So, Anna hears noises upstairs. Mike talks to her from downstairs and she's like, oh, Mike, was that you? No, you've literally just heard the noises. Upstairs. He is downstairs. That's not how this works. <laughs> One thing, my, my issue, that is an issue and it's annoying, but an issue for me is that they've packed all these things into the van and they're there and they're like, yeah, ready to go tomorrow. Yeah. 
Can't wait. It's moving day. There's still a lot of stuff yeah. around that house. Now, I understand it's rented, so a lot of the fixtures aren't going to be theirs. But um, there's... They're just, like, in the bathroom, there's all their stuff. Yeah. Um, there's still clothes in the wardrobe. Uh-huh. And it's like, what have you actually packed? Yeah. Later on, there's plates that are still... Like, a big stack of plates still there. you think they would have ordered the pizza. Yeah. So that... Because everything had been packed away. But there's, like, lamps and shit. And it's like, so how much have you actually packed? Because that van was full of boxes. Yes. Yeah. Like, how much shit do you actually own? It'd be like if we moved with all our Blu-rays. Yeah. So she finds a cross uh, while something moves in the background and a ghost starts opera singing. Um, Anna starts throwing things from the bathroom cupboard into a suitcase and then throws some pills down in the toilet. The nun can be seen in the background of the mirror and Mike greets her in a vest with a rose in his mouth. Oof. Irresistible. <laughs> they then talk shit in bed about sending Claire to private school for ages. They do, don't they? <laughs> yeah. And uh, the next day he says, are you ready for my Aunt Donna? So like, I've got a gun in my purse in case she gets too feisty. She's not joking. She, she literally is, has yeah. a gun in her purse. Yeah. Mike takes Claire to school. Also, yeah, why is Mike going to work on moving day? Uh, I found yeah. a bit for yeah. Anna here. Having she's pretty much having to do all the moving stuff herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Anna calls Lex, uh, puts the phone down straight away. Um, some plates fall down, and Anna finds Stace scratched into the floor, but it disappears after she moves the plates around a bit. It does he? Um, Donna, who is an absolute bitch, who I thought for a second might have been a slave queen, but she ends up getting annoying fast. Yeah. Um. <laughs> She's like, oh yeah, hi, I'm Donna. And she's like, yeah, I know, I've met you before. It's like, it's my house, I'll look around wherever I want to look. I'm like, okay. So, Anna hears a noise upstairs, and yet again, Donna walks in immediately after she hears the noise, and Anna's like, oh, was that you? No. <laughs> she wants reimbursing for the crayon on the wall, doesn't she, that says yeah. stay. Uh, she also wants reimbursing for every minor sort of uh, wear and tear. Yeah, she needs it all by Thursday. She wants it all by Thursday. Um, she also says, don't forget your dishes. I want them gone by Thursday. <laughs> Again, what what did they actually pack? Why are they, all those dishes still there? Anna takes a picture of the, uh, the, the writing on the wall in the spare room. Of course, it says stay. On the picture... Uh, it's, uh, it, instead of a T, there's a crucifix there. Uh, when she looks again, it's not there. And Lex calls, and she accidentally answers it, only to put the phone down again. So after a long day of being a silly bitch, she goes and has a lie down, and she gets attacked by the nun. Yeah, so the nun tries to drag her under the bed. Anna escapes and hides in the bathtub. Yeah, she hides in the fucking bath. She hides in the bath. Uh, so she magically gets Denise Richards, <laughs> um, and there's some sort of. The nun puts a cover on the bath. Yeah, like a cover, like a see-through cover on the on, and uh, on the bath, so she can't get out. And then the water turns on, so she's about to get drowned. Um, but then suddenly the nun 
right stay on some glass in red and Anna is let free. So there's one thing running throughout this film that I just don't understand and it renders the whole film completely pointless is that on many occasions this nun has the capacity to kill Anna Yeah. and could kill Anna and lets her free and says stay but the whole point is that she wants to kill Anna so Anna can take her place. Yeah. So what could have happened is she could have just drowned, played it off as a, a suicide, and that would have been Saint um Saint Catherine. Um what's her name? Sister Catherine. Sister Catherine. Um that would have had Sister Catherine free to do what she wanted. Yeah. She tries calling the police. Uh, first it's the pizza guy, then the police, and then it's the nun playing a prank on her in a male voice. Um, calls her a little bitch, and the phone explodes. Is it me, or was some of the dialogue a complete copy of screen? Oh, that was an absolute um, rip-off of screen. Yeah. That, word for word. Yeah. Anna pulls the gun out of her purse and tries to escape. She hears someone crying out for help, and she realises it's herself after an overdose. And she says to let uh, tell Lex she still loves him. The nun lifts her up by the throat against the wall and tries to stab her with a crucifix, but Anna shoots her and makes her disappear. Even though she's a ghost. Lex is watching her in the back garden and she asks him to help her, but he doesn't want to because he just got back from rehab after Anna ruined their family. And he says, I can't wait for you to relapse. And then he disappears and Anna shoots the window for a bit. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really do anything, does no. it? No. The doorbell rings. Well, the nun holds a gun oh. to the back of her neck first and then yeah. disappears. Yeah. The doorbell rings and it's KK. But it turns out KK is the handyman that Mike's yeah. aunt has uh, employed who was meant to be there at six. Yeah. But it's definitely not six. Yeah, and he starts telling he knows all about Sister Catherine um, and then we get a really bad comedic scene of them being chased by the nun. And this is the point where it clicked. I was like, oh my God, you're doing this comedy on purpose. It's just not fucking funny. They end up in the garage and apparently the house was a convent back in the day. Yeah. And Sister Catherine is trying to prove her worth to God and tries to kill anyone who she thinks goes against that. Uh, and then the whole idea of Anna being Catherine's replacement on Earth so she can ascend to God. Um, they decide to use um, the movie Ghost. Do you know what? I wrote this down and I just read it then. And I was like, no, they didn't, did they? They did. They did. They, did. they decide to use the premise of the movie Ghost, starring Patrick Swayze, as the basis of their escape plan. So what they need to do is tire out the ghost, Sister Catherine's, physical form. Yeah? Mm-hmm. You get it? Yeah. That makes sense? Mm-hmm. They, <laughs> they get the Ouija board out to apologise to Sister Catherine, to which Sister Catherine says, stay and protect, and then stay with me, Anna. It's my turn to go. Take my place. 
Anna looks through the uh, little circle in, in the, the planchette, yeah, ripping off Ouija. Yeah. Yeah, because you know you're ambitious when you're fucking ripping off that piece of shit film. <laughs> and KK turns into the nun and lunges out at Anna for a very shit uh, jump scare uh, that you could see all a fucking mile off. And Anna saves herself with a pentagram. Also, at multiple points in this film, I don't know if you've seen it too... But it's so badly made that it starts going all pixelated. It does, yeah. Like, like, like bad buffering, but it isn't the buffering. It's the fucking film itself. Yeah. It just shows how much they fucking care about the film. Yes. She follows KK's voice into a bedroom. And Mike and Lex are discussing how she's a bad parent or some shit like that. Yeah. Um, they start reading her about her parenting skills or, and, and her uh, drug abuse and such. She finds Claire in Claire's room and Claire thinks Anna is a ghost because they found her dead and she never actually made it to the new home. So that bit where she's at the top of the stairs, tell Lex I love him, um, they're playing that as if it's real. So Claire sees Sister Catherine and believes she is Anna's guardian angel ready to take her to heaven. Claire then stabs Anna with a crucifix and disappears. Anna finds KK in the attic with a bad leg. He doesn't know how he got there. And the attic goes black and Anna gets stabbed in the stomach with another crucifix. Yeah, and the scene goes for about five minutes in the pitch black where you can't yeah. see anything. The doorbell rings again and it's Mitch's aunt. Oh, who's Mitch? Mitch? Who's Mitch? Who the fuck's Mitch? Mike? Mike. Where does Mitch? Ah, oh, I can't describe how little of a shit I give about this fucking film there. <laughs> well, it's her, and uh, she's struggling to find the key. The nun slowly descends the stairs until the door opens, and Anna and KK escape. Then we get a cliched heavenly hospital bed scene, don't mm. we? Uh, as Lex declares his love for Anna. Then we get three months later... Anna Scar is healing, uh, but she doesn't remember anything, and neither does KK. Now, we're very fortunate that they've decided to discuss all of this three months after the oh, events yeah. took yeah. place. Um, they haven't mentioned it at all until this point. It's like he turns around to Anna and says, no, KK can't uh, remember anything either, as if that's news. Like, yeah, we think he's a suspect. Well, shouldn't you have fucking done something about exactly. it by now? Exactly. Like, why Why is this... Oh, you're only telling Anna this now, three months later? Her scar's, you know, pretty much healed. Yeah. And she, there's no... There's no mention of her being in some sort of coma of any sort. No. She's on new pills. Mike can't believe it. He cannot believe the doctor gave them to her. Um, Anna's a new woman. How yeah. do we know she's a new woman? Because she's shopping and tries on a colourful dress. Yeah. And it's the first time Mike has ever seen her not wearing black. Yeah. Even though I swear she was wearing grey. <laughs> um, they're at their porch and they discla- uh, discuss how Claire has been moved up a grade. Clever yeah. girl. And she's been playing basketball. Now, the pizza arrives. Yep. Yeah. Exact same scene again. Exact same scene. So she gives uh, 21... Six. Oh, how does American Money work? Twenty one dollars. She gives twenty one sixty. Yeah. Um, and this feels very familiar to Anna. 
And she, she even says, doesn't she? Mm. She's a terrible deja vu. Um, I put, maybe she should have learned the first time to keep some fucking change. Um, but that's a different story. Uh, Anna asks uh, Mike about her pills. And she takes them. So she couldn't remember if she'd taken them in the car or not. Uh, he says no. And she takes her pills. He then angrily forces her to take them again which she's not best pleased about. She ends up vomiting because she's taken too many of her pills and he apologises. Uh, but then, then tries to give her a pill to make her feel better. Mm -hmm. But it turns out it's one of her actual pills anyway. So she's obviously fuming that he's trying to kill her off by taking too many pills. Um... And that really doesn't really go anywhere, no, does it? No, Lex shows up, says he wants to talk to her, forces his way inside, says he still loves her. She holds her gun up to him, he puts it against his head, and she pulls out the pentagram, uh, and it scares him off. Yes, so now she knows that this is Sister Catherine. Well, she has lunch with KK, who also can't remember anything and doesn't want to help her. Uh, Mike brings Anna uh, her empty pills container... And accuses her of being hooked and taking them all. So she grabs Claire and tries to escape. But Lex shows up and Sister Catherine too. So they hide in the bathroom. Uh, Claire stabs Anna over crucifix again. Turns into Sister Catherine. Anna throws up blood and KK's there with her. So she's back in the bathtub after the stab in the attic. Yeah. They pretend to escape through the attic. So KK tries speaking to Sister Catherine. Uh, so Anna has agreed to stay if she spares his life. Okay, so I've got here, just just slightly before, after she wakes up in the bathtub, she fills KK in on everything that's just happened because I must have done something terrible in a past life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it goes on for fucking ages again. Oh my god, she's that's an hour and 20 minutes. Watched. For that's an hour and 20 minutes, it's so much time. I know. People talking it's shit. Like, it's like, we've just watched it. Yeah. As an audience, there's nothing worse than having to, like... Well, yeah, no, there is nothing worse. No. Because we've just watched it, and now we have to watch you explain it, what's just happened. Yeah. Sister Catherine says some inaudible stuff to KK. Oh, she's completely incoherent after this point. Absolutely no it's idea. Something about do your job and keep your promise. Yeah. So this is the big, the big reveal. The big reveal. Yeah. Is that KK's been in on it since the beginning. Yeah, he try, it, Anna tries getting him to leave and he kicks him before trying to kill her with a sledgehammer. Yeah, so, KK, so at the beginning of the film, because it actually was very confusing what happened to KK at the beginning mm. of the film. Um, so it does turn out that KK died at the beginning of the film and he needs to kill Anna, who will be the nun's replacement, so that he can then live again. Yeah, he's been dead for three years. Yes. He says it's going to be really difficult because the nun is so powerful, uh, which confuses me because it's like, well, why does KK have to kill Anna yeah. if the nun is so powerful? And if the nun killed him, why is it that she's not able exactly. to kill Anna? Why does it have to be KK? Yeah. That's not explained. Uh, Anna hits him over the head with a sledgehammer, starts breaking into the floor... Sister Catherine shows up with more inaudible dialogue and a bit of smoke now. Uh, Anna crawls under the floorboards, is chased by demon versions of Lex and Mike. 
KK shows up and for a second she actually believes he's a good guy again, but he knocks her out. She's fucking stupid, isn't she? She wakes up surrounded by Sister Catherine, KK, Demon Lex, Demon Mike. She manages to escape and drives away in a moving van whilst having flashbacks of the rest of the film. Um, and she spots Mike going to the house and goes after him. Yes, KK pulls a gun on Mike. The nun appears... And Anna, her and Anna have a tussle, and then the, the nun ascends and bursts into flames. I'm assuming that's them finally timing her out. Uh, Mike and Anna escape, leaving KK as a ghost. Uh, Anna says goodbye to KK, uh, and he's hopeful that he's going to go to heaven. And I ain't going to lie, I stopped writing now because I didn't want to start a new page <laughs> and waste it on whatever's left of this fucking film. Yeah, he informs that his sister Catherine's gone to hell because of the flames. Three months later, they're chatting shit about middle school and we're led to think it's going to be the same pizza scene again. Um, but this time she gave the right amount of change and it's the end of the film. Uh, and then, to great hilarity, we get a mid credit scene showing Donna discovering her broken floor. And to even bigger, bigger hilarity... We get a uh, rest in peace card for the nun who died multiple times. Well, I ain't going to go into it. That's fucking dumb. Yeah. Which one was worse? Curse of the Nun or Conjuring the Witch's Doll? I'm going to say Curse of the Nun because they had the cheek to try and bring themes into the film. Mm -hmm. And not deal with it. And you know that's a big pet peeve yeah. of mine. I hate when films just throw something out there for the sake of it. Without actually saying anything about it. Yeah. And this actually... Thinking about it... <coughs> going through the film... It could have been... A great... Um, not commentary. I'm not, I'm not sure what the word is I'm looking for. But it could have actually dealt with drug issues and it could have been a metaphorical... Mm -hmm. You know, the nun could have been a metaphor for, you know, her drug addiction. Um, but it, I think maybe they tried to do that in places, but it just didn't work. Yeah. And I actually genuinely just think that they threw the whole drug abuse out there as some sort of sympathy for Anna. Yeah. And I hate when films do it's that. It's just a plot device. Just a plot device without actually dealing with it. Yeah. I think it's so cheap. I think it's so lazy. In fact, it tries to be a comedy as well. Yeah. Yeah, the weird comedic parts don't fit very well. Um, I thought the, the, the look of the nun was very... It was just a copy, wasn't yeah, it? It was yeah. just, it was just a, a, a copy. It just, I just thought it was very lazy. Very yeah. lazy. So then we have two abysmal films that we certainly do not recommend you watch. Oh, don't, They're not, yeah. they don't even have the decency to be so bad it's good. No, no, I, I, genu I genuinely felt um, drained. <laughs> Physically and mentally drained. And if we've seemed maybe a little sombre... It's because we've just watched them back to back and it was a fucking chore. Really a fucking chore. <laughs> so that's the second volume of The Conjuring Ripoff. Surely there's going to be some fun ones, some silly ones, like all out like 
at least a bit of camp or something. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I think we'll have to revisit American Conjuring for that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, have you seen either of these films? If you have, let us know on social media with Horrorcult Trash over on Facebook and Instagram and Horrorcult Trash on Twitter. I'm Dad at Gaz92 on Letterboxd, Gazmo205 on Instagram and GazCruise92 on Twitter. I am Chris Barker 823 on Instagram, Twitter and Letterboxd. Uh, if you're listening on iTunes, don't forget to rate, review and subscribe, like and follow on everything else. Friday, we're back uh, with our original versus remake episode where we're discussing both versions of Poltergeist. Mm-hmm. And next week, we kick off Pride Month in style. This year, for Pride Month, we'll be joined for every episode with a special guest uh, from the LGBTQ plus community, uh, whether it's through podcast, uh, we've got a director coming on, you know, a scare actor. We just want to get out there, so we want to get some more guests on um, and celebrate Pride Month in style. And we'll be doing that on Tuesday next week. When we'll be discussing the gay bed and breakfast of terror with returning guest Luke Poulton. I'm looking forward to this film. Yeah, it should be good. Should be good. I believe it's actually on YouTube in full, so if anyone wants to watch it before then, go and check it out. So, but before then, we will see you on Friday. Bye.